Welcome to Who Let the Fabs Out, the podcast where we take you behind the scenes of Royal Holloway Students' Union to give you an inside view on everything that goes on here at RHSE. Thank you so much for listening today. This is the sixth and final episode in our first podcast series. I hope you've enjoyed the series and felt informed about what goes on behind the scenes at the SU. My name is Kate Roberts and I'm the president of the Students' Union. Today, I'm joined by Rena Chohan and all of our sabbatical officers, Alyssa Chohan, Hen Warwick and Lucy Brown, to talk about Women's History Month and share the inspirational women who have impacted their lives. But before we get into that, let me hand over to our guests to introduce themselves. Um, my name is Rena Chohan. I am 18 years old and I'm a first year law student. I am one of the conveners for the Women's Collective. So my role is I'm responsible for overseeing any campaigns and activities run by the collective. And we also engage relevant student groups when necessary. Um, with the circumstances at the moment with the whole COVID-19, things have not been running as smoothly as we hope because everyone's a bit everywhere with things. But we do have some plans and hopefully we do get to try and do some things before the time ends. I'm Melissa, the Vice President of Education for the SU and my role is to represent students' academic interests. Hi everyone, I'm Hen, the Vice President of Wellbeing and Diversity. So throughout the year, I represent the best interests of all students and help to improve wellbeing, equality and inclusivity within the SU and the college. Hi everyone, I'm Lucy, I'm VP Societies and Sport for this year. Um, I represent Student Voice and um, their student experience and also work with all our student groups. So today we're talking about Women's History Month. So March is obviously Women's History Month and it's a celebration of the liberation of women and the contributions that women have made to society. So this annual celebration began in California in 1978 and is now celebrated internationally. March also includes International Women's Day, which is celebrated on the 8th of March. And the theme of International Women's Day this year was Choose to Challenge because from challenge comes change. Firstly, it'd be really great to understand what Women's History Month and International Women's Day mean to you. Me personally, I think it is quite critical because women have been sort of neglected, you can say, over the years. We've been pushed back. Um, anything we've done, someone, another man, <laughs> being more spe specific, has also taken credit of. So I do think this is a step forward because it gives a chance to use a designated time in the way that we wish to possibly teach different individuals different things about women and hopefully build the same level of respect that men have. However, I do find it is a bit more just not used properly, I think you can say. It is a bit neglected. I mean, not many people know about Women's History Month or International Women's Day until there was a Snapchat filter on it. So one of those things where what's the point of having something if you're not going to use it? And it just seems like the point where someone would say, OK, we're going to assess your needs just because of this, we're going to pop it in and then we're going to forget about you completely. And that's what it seems like at the moment. But I feel with how things are progressing and I feel how the voice of women is becoming a lot more out there and louder, I feel maybe it can be used a lot more proactively in the sense incorporating it in curriculum. It's going to be a long way till we get there where it's seen as such a worldly thing, landmark, you can say, but until then, 
I think it's going okay, baby steps. So I think to me, Women's History Month and International Women's Day is a really great opportunity to be reminded of all the accomplishments that women throughout the years have attributed to our culture and society. It's also a really great opportunity to reflect on the inequality and oppression that so many women have endured to get to the point that we are now. I think as four women in elected positions of leadership, I find this month means that I can look back and be grateful to all the women that have stood before us. And of course, to the support that I get from women within my lives, such as my mom and other friends and family around me. So I suppose to me, the overall message and what it means to me is about appreciation. I guess for me, Women's History Month and International Women's Day, it's giving the opportunity to reflect on and thank all of the inspirational women that have influenced our lives. Um, not just like friends and family, although it's really nice because you can thank them personally, but also those that have influenced like wider world and everything that's led up to where we are now. Um, I also think like Royal Holloway has such like an incredible history of providing opportunities um, to women. And this year as well, the four of us making up a all-female sabbatical officer team as well. So I think it's even more vital that we take some time to like celebrate this. Yeah, no, I agree. And to me, it's about like the others have said that that togetherness and support and respect for women in history who fought for rights, but also showing that support for those women who continue for continue to fight for rights around the world today and that appreciation and, and spotlight on those forgotten women in history who didn't necessarily get that recognition that they deserved um, and it's a great platform to educate young girls in particular to feel comfortable I guess in that in their skin and and to do what they enjoy um, I think an example that really sort of sticks out to me is that by the age of 17 more than half um, of girls quit playing sport altogether and this is partly due to that social pressure and anxiety that they feel in that sporting environment and around self-image so for me this month is about creating that solidarity and equality between men and women but also about women supporting other women as well. Yeah I completely agree I think for me it's a lot about sort of acknowledging the achievements of the women that have led to where we are now that have allowed us the freedoms that we do have but it's also about then reflecting on the fact that our society isn't yet equal and there's a lot that we need to do to work towards that true gender equality and sort of challenging the system and the patriarchy to try and um, develop that and bring that together a lot more. Um, it'd be really interesting if you're able to tell us about a woman who's inspired you particularly. I think for me I always find this question quite hard to pinpoint someone in particular. I was obviously really pleased to hear about Kamala Harris being announced as Vice President for the United States um, and being the highest ranking female official in US history and also the first African-American and the first Asian-American Vice President and there's a lot within that um, and I don't think it could be underestimated the impact that this will have then on, on young girls and representation for the next generation and it was just a a really nice breath of fresh air I guess for for the country as a whole and and their representation side of things. Um, I'm also quite personally very inspired by women in sport, the, the fitness in industry especially when it comes to I guess women lifting weights is something that I find quite empowering seeing on on social media platforms and it's something that you obviously have to be careful with and um, which ones you follow there's some real genuine ones um, who are there to 
really focus about building women up their strength muscle and and following their passion and basically address issues like body image feeling the need to obviously be super thin which a lot of females face or that need to look a certain way um and they very much focus around ensuring that you're fueling your body in the right ways and i just feel it's absolutely the message that should be being sent out to to young girls in particular but all women in general so i personally find people like that really inspiring without focusing on on anyone in particular there um but in general as well i i'm very much inspired by the people around me and, and who help support me um, and support what I want to achieve and those like-minded individuals. Yeah I think I have to agree it's really hard to, to pinpoint individuals when you say that because I'm really lucky that like, I've grown up surrounded by so many really inspirational women and I think we've all spoken about this before how it's really hard to pinpoint just like a few. Um, at home I live with my mum and my sister um, and like we do clash sometimes obviously but like they've both taught me so much as well and it's just it's really lovely at the moment in lockdown as well to be with them and like my mum supported me through some of like the toughest times and she's just shown me how to be strong and then when I'm struggling she's also been strong for me so I think that was that's been really great um also the friends I made at Royal Holloway like they're some of the strongest women I knew and like we're all still friends now and it's so nice to be part of a, a group where you just all lift each other up all the time um, and you can just be completely honest with them and they just champion me to like be myself all the time um, and they like we just don't ever judge each other so I think that's really nice. Uh, so as someone who graduated last year from Royal Holloway with a law degree and hoping to continue my legal career and specialising in medical law, a woman who has inspired me is Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Formerly described as a jurist of historic nature, Ginsburg spent decades as a trailblazer in gender equality law before becoming an associate justice of the Supreme Court. She was the second woman to ascend to that position in 1993. She was soft-spoken yet fiercely determined, unstoppable force that transformed the law and defied social convention. Ginsburg fought tirelessly to give a voice to the voiceless, protecting the marginalized with her liberal leaning rulings. She saw access for reproductive health care, pregnancy benefits and equal pay, and as well as being a strong advocate for the LGBT community. Ginsburg sadly passed away last year at the age of 87, but her message and power lives on. She's certainly someone I looked up to as a young aspiring lawyer, and I think many other people have been inspired by her message. I've chosen to speak about Sojourner Truth um, because I think her story tells us a lot about the journey that women have been on to get to this point and the progress that we need to continue to make into the future. So Sojourner Truth was an American abolitionist and women's rights activist. She was born into slavery in 1797 in New York, but escaped with her daughter to freedom in 1826. After going to court to recover her son in 1828, she became the first black woman to win such a case against a white man in America. She gave herself the name Sojourner Truth in 1843 after she became convinced that God had called her to leave the city and go into the countryside, testifying the hope that was within her. Her best known speech was delivered in 1851 at the Ohio Women's Rights Convention. The speech became widely known during the Civil War by the title Ain't I a Woman, a variation of the original speech rewritten by someone else using a stereotypical Southern dialect, whereas Sojourner Truth was from New York and grew up speaking Dutch as her first language. 
The popular but inaccurate version was written and published in 1863, so 12 years after Sojourner actually gave the original speech, by a white abolitionist named Francis Dana Barker Gage. Curiously, Gage not only changed all of Sojourner's words, but chose to represent Sojourner speaking in a stereotypical Southern black slave accent, rather than in the distinct Upper New York State Low Dutch accent that we know that she had. Gage's actions were obviously well-intended and served the suffrage and women's rights movement of the time. However, by today's standards of ethical journalism, her actions were a gross misrepresentation of Sojourner Truth's words and identity. The preference for the Gage version of Truth's speech speaks to the need for symbolism in our, our historical narrative. However, to only see Sojourner through this lens is an oversimplification of her identity and minimizes her real life struggles and hard won human accomplishments. It's important to see her as a real woman who, despite starting life enslaved, rose up and fought tirelessly with incredible conviction, faith and courage for human rights and personal freedoms. Her bold assertion of her own identity, I am a woman's rights, serves as a timely reminder that the fight for equality has always been and will continue to be a constant challenge and an ongoing physical process within our democratic society. I think Sojourner's story is extremely important. It speaks to the need of intersectionality within the ongoing feminist movement, as well as the need to relook at history and think how we represent historical figures in a way that suits the narrative of the time. 150 years later, the speech speaks to us as women in the same way it did back then. And I would highly recommend looking at the Sojourner Truth Project to find out more about the two versions of her speeches. Oh my goodness, this is going to be so cheesy. I feel like everyone says this, but it is my mom. <laughs> Um, I do appreciate every woman out there. I have so much respect for all the teachers, the nannies, everyone, um, and all the science, female scientists, female engineers, you know, lawyers, all these women who have gone into society and played their role, even the homemakers, you know, you've done your bit of raising your children, of providing for your family, just like a man would do. But my mum, obviously, <laughs> has a soft spot in my heart because being from a Indian background, a uh, role of a woman is a lot more traditional and a lot more enclosed than it is for men. You know, it is the typical, we sit down for dinner and you'll find the woman giving the food and the woman cleaning up. You know, as amazing as my mom has been to try and take that away for a long part of my life, I was doing that too. And I had to say it to my mom, no, my brother needs to do his stuff as well. It's not fair on me. But um, when I look at my mum, she was actually the first person in her family to go to university. She supported her family with her student loans. She was working so many jobs. And as a woman to have a job in those days and support your, support your family, it is a huge deal. She then got married to her love, which is a big thing in Indian culture, usually it is arranged for you. And this was her childhood sweetheart, her best friend, everything. But later on in life, they got a divorce. That also is unheard of in the culture. So you think a woman who has rebelled against society so much, you know, are you capable of doing it? How strong are you? And she took blows to her self-confidence, but she came out of it. It was her part-time job, her dropping me to school and back, supporting my brother all by herself. You know, my dad wasn't in the picture. Her having not that much support from her family because this was unheard of. I am where I am now because of that. And I think this is someone to aspire to because she has completely broken the tradition and has set her own path and 
I am as strong as I am, as confident as I am, and so proud to say that I am a woman because of her. My whole life I've heard her say to me, Rena, I think daughters are a blessing to have in your family because of how strong they can be. And after hearing that men are the strong ones, men are the ones that are wanted, you know, to actually hear someone acknowledge it, even though she's a woman, you can see it is a bit biased, but she's traditional here and there. It still means a lot to me. And uh, loads of people commend me for my confidence and whatnot. And it is all down to her. Uh, so in terms of gender equality, obviously gender equality has changed so much over the last few hundred years to sort of the position that we're at now. So what does gender equality mean to you in the modern context? Ah, oh, this question. So to me, it is literally equal on all forms of platform, you know, socially, economically, politically. Yes, I am a feminist, but um, I don't man hate. And I feel like some roots of feminism do go towards man hating. But when we talk about gender equality in itself, I think it's just respect for both genders on an equal level unfortunately we are not there yet I don't think um still got a long way to go we're working on it but at the moment it's more in a modern context I think it is right now just kind of silencing on those jokes you hear someone say or watching what you talk about when your time of the month comes around because it's uncomfortable to talk about which I think is completely ridiculous because I did not ask for it. <laughs> no one asked for it. And um, I, I would, it's kind of tough for me to talk about this point because I am very um, emotional and very passionate about certain topics. And I don't want to be on this podcast ranting and raging because that's not what it's for. But I think it is more so just finding respect for each other. You know, women, I don't, I don't understand the inequality because a woman is partly the reason why a man is where they are today. You know, some I do understand that some mothers are not in people's lives, but not just mothers, but teachers as well. You know, they've educated you, fed you, just you, everyone is where they are because of one woman or another. I mean, it could be predominantly men. I don't know the circumstances, but there has been a female inspiration in your life. And I think the only time that they're not your inspiration and not where you, you don't consider that they your reason to be where you are is because you no longer have that respect for them. And that respect slowly diminishes when the jokes become the normal, when you silence us, when we say we're in pain, when you think our struggles are different because they're not an illness or something else. And right now, gender equality in the modern context is literally just silence from a female's perspective because we've made progress and we should celebrate this progress but is this progress where we really want to be you know it's kind of like um people are treating it like your child they've stopped writing on the walls so let's give them a treat but then they're still writing somewhere else but because they've stopped writing on the walls you know and it shouldn't be like that. It should be treated as a mature thing where we can openly say, this is the problem and this is what needs to change. And it is also down to men as well. And any other gender, you know, people identify as different things nowadays. So I know I'm addressing men, but just because of the traditional aspect of things. But um, 
I think it's for them to to make their own understanding and to be more conscious on what they are saying and how they are reacting you know modifying the workplace for women for mothers for example do something like that something small um take into account our monthly terrors I know I've mentioned it a bit but some women really cannot focus during those times because of what they're going through it is like an illness and if you give someone who has an illness some time off why cannot why can't we have the same thing when we need it some women are perfectly fine during it but yeah right now I think I am proud of how far we have come you know we've got female engineers female lawyers we've got people female people in um, positions of power, New Zealand, for example. Um, Malala, she's now getting education and support for other females and whatnot. So things like that, I think it is amazing, but we are overlooking the nitty gritty things which could potentially set us back. It's quite interesting because as women, we have so much more freedom than the women that came before us and the women that came before us to fight for us to have this freedom. And I think it's really important that we don't just take that for granted. We continue to move that progress forward and to, as people say, like put the ladder out so that other women can follow up behind us as well. I think that's really important. Um, for me, gender equality is about many things. But the first thing that I thought of when you said this question was about respect and then the idea of double standards. I think it is important to remember that when we talk about gender equality, it goes both ways and I tend to get a bit frustrated when I hear or see things coming for example from a woman which if the genders were reversed a man would get torn down for um however that does go the other way as well and I think it is really important obviously for Women's History Month and in celebrating um International Women's Day that the struggles and the challenges that women have faced I know when I was um studying a module last year it really shocked me and the actual restrictions that what that women faced they they really you know even held their passport they didn't have any property rights they didn't have anything and that's really shocking in in the world we live in now but it wasn't actually that that long ago um but then in terms of respect for me it's around very basic things like catcalling which I just find so uncomfortable um unnecessary and it's just not needed in the world. Um, and for me, that's a massive sign of disrespect, um, whether it's men doing it to women or vice versa. Um, and then there's those wider discussions around obviously equal rights to re equal rights and access to education around the world is, is so important. And then things like gender bias when it comes to um, child custodies and, and then those groups facing challenges based on both their gender and their race or ethnicity as well, because there's challenges that that perhaps all women face, but also women from specific um, backgrounds. Uh, so yeah, that's what gender equality kind of means to me. There's so much to unpack within it, but. I think Alyssa has just highlighted such a good point about double standards and gender bias and other important concepts that really reduce and diminish the gender equality that has already been put out there essentially. So gender equality is not only a fundamental human right, but it's also a necessary foundation for a peaceful, prosper prosperous and sustainable world. I think, yes, there has been a lot of progress for gender equality over the last decades. So across the world, for example, more girls are going to school, fewer girls are being forced into earlier marriage. There's more women serving in parliament and in positions of leaderships. 
However, I think when you look at gender equality, it's simply focused on providing men and women with equal opportunities, whereas gender equity works to correct the wrongs that have left certain women behind, for example, by social restrictions or employment. So I think to kind of spin it back, I would say that I would favor gender equity over gender equality to ensure that everyone is supported within the within the means. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think the the term gender equity as well is, is really interesting to look at and how how people's mindset is kind of shifting towards that a bit more as well. I think for me, gender equality, just thinking about it, is there has been progress, but there's still so much more to do. It's not just we get so far and then yes, that's sorted. It's, there's always going to be something else we can do for it. And whether that's immediate, like in our immediate um, circles, wider context or looking further afield, I think there's, you've always got to look at different perspectives of it as well. Um, yeah, I think it means giving everyone equal opportunity, giving each person a voice and a platform to achieve what they want. But for people that already have a platform is speaking up for those who don't. Um, so where some women have a bit more freedom to speak up, it's speaking up for those other women that can't it's a really interesting conversation because of the way that like feminist movements and movements towards gender equality have changed over the last sort of 50 years or so um i think a lot of previous work around gender equality has focused quite a lot on the laws that are associated with those gender imbalances and opening up those opportunities to produce the sort of society that we live in today where we have the freedom to do the same things as a man via the laws and the processes that it operates but for me, I think it's more now about the power and the privilege that we need to focus on and the power structures that exist are a massive part of this gender equality conversation in the modern society. I think for me, dismantling these power structures that are associated with the patriarchy and the ones that are associated for all members of our society, so such as dismantling the power structures associated with white supremacy, are the really, really important things that we need to focus on. It's not so much about those tangible things that we can now change. It's about the fabric of society and how it operates and interacts with different aspects of it. So for me, I think gender equality, it will benefit all. It will allow men to open up to their femininity and it will stop prioritizing that sort of loud and dominating voice within our society. So it's not about pulling men down to the same level that women are on. It's about raising women up to be to the same level that men are on now. Um, and I think that's a really important part of this because gender equality will benefit everyone. It's not just here for women. It will benefit us all. And it's really important that we sort of do the work to dismantle those power structures so that everyone can benefit into the future. You've touched on it slightly. Um, but could you tell us a bit about how you think we can all work together to improve gender equality and lift other women up with us? I think it's more so just respecting everyone as an individual, you know, look beyond their gender, look beyond the stereotypes around that gender. You, we've got the jokes about women being a bit crazy because of how emotional they are, for example. I mean, that has stemmed over many years. You think you'd find a new joke by now, but um, I think even for women themselves, you know, many women are trapped within their own view, their own cultural views, to be more specific, that they pass that on to their children, for example. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're not changing the um, culture that way. You're not changing views that way. You're kind of keeping things the same. So, you know, 
throughout this talk I have been mentioning men a lot but even women if you support each other support what decisions you all make I mean they can differ we've all grown differently but we are able to have our own opinions and when it comes to gender equality there is a right and there is a wrong there's no gray space which everyone likes to hide behind I think so firstly I think what we should do is women should become a lot more supportive of each other there is so much hate around it and I mean, we're not gonna say where that hate derives from, but I think if we do come together that way, then we can expect everyone else to treat us the same way. You know, why should a man respect you when your own gender doesn't, for example? I think that's how we do it. And my, this is probably gonna be a long thing for many people, but when we do have children, teach them because the way we are the future, of our parents' generation, they will be the future for ours. It is generally down to teaching and in curriculums, teach the children. You know, um, funny story here. I was teaching a class of year sevens and the time was about to end. So I said, does anyone have any jokes to tell? Because we always love talking to each other at the end. And this boy put his hand up so confidently and so eagerly and he said, yes, miss, I've got a joke. So I thought, great, what is it? He said, woman drivers I found that really funny he's in year seven and he's telling me woman drivers are a joke yes some women can't drive <laughs> but um he's in year seven you know some men can't drive they're jokes <laughs> but um I think that just shows you that it's implanted from such a young age the whole woman in the kitchen thing for example and whatnot and I, for example, like I see that as empowering, you know, we're in the kitchen, we're feeding you. Why are you joking about it? I don't understand. But it just shows that it is down to teaching and what we teach those who are younger than us, because their views will change as they get older. And you can have your own view, like that child could one day agree that there should be equality between genders, but then down to peer pressure, he might not show it and he might conform to these jokes and whatnot. And if we do demonstrate that we have our own views, that we are capable of making our own decisions on things, because we are all allowed to do that in today's society. We are no longer silenced. We have the capability of speaking out. And when we are silenced, we don't listen. We still say what we need to say. Um, that will help us lift women up to the same level, to the same platform that men are on. And I just want to touch on quickly how when I talk about gender equality with some of my guy friends, or many people do this, guys talk about how on dates they will no longer pay, they love gender equality because they don't have to pay their share, or they don't have to open the door for us, or they don't have to, or like, the joke about if you punch a guy, they can't punch you back for a girl. But now that gender equality has become more known, they can do that. Okay, well, firstly, I can pay for my own food. Every woman, we can pay for our own food. Being a man is different to being a gentleman. Okay, just because you choose to do something nice for us, that's nothing to do with gender equality. That's to do with you being a nice person, for example. And if you want to punch me, better believe I'll punch you back 10 times harder. You know, it's just one of those things. Like, they, I feel like they're being 
these men who say these things are being really immature about the subject. And you can see then that they don't believe in gender equality as much because they still believe that there is a male role and a female role in things. But um, in those situations, I think girls should retaliate to that, you know, silence them for once. That's the only way we're going to get it. And then they will see you as an equal. They will see you as someone who isn't there to be protected 24 seven when things happen. They can see that you are confident, you can stand your own. And that then you see the power that women are capable. I feel like we're like a um, secret weapon, you know? We're very quiet, we listen to what's being heard, but when we do speak up, we have so much to say. I mean, doesn't that go on the stereotype that women are talkative? Hell yeah, we are. I think to me, this question strikes such an important message. And first things first, I feel personally to improve gender equality and to lift up other women is to recognize my privilege. I recognize that my journey and my experience as a white queer woman with a hidden disability is very different to, for example, a woman of the same intersectional value values, but a woman of color. So for me to improve equality and lift women up, I would start by recognizing the unique challenges faced by different women. So for example, black women, trans women, Muslim women, disabled women, fat women, indigenous women. Of course, this is a non-exhaustive list, but you get the message. I think feminism and gender equality, they must be intersectional. It's predominantly feminism has only raised the, raised the voices of white, rich, cis, fully able women. And I feel that to start lifting up other women, we need to recognize our own privileges, but then start to recognize the unique challenges faced. And until we've done that, I don't think we can raise everyone up to be the equal standard because you have to appreciate what other women go through to be able to appreciate them and their list form yeah I completely agree um I think a key part of the question that you've phrased it as well is all work together it's something that everyone can contribute to and it's not just something that you know women need to be lifting up other women or men need to be lifting up it's everybody can contribute to this and I think that's a really important point um and like I said earlier using our voices to lift up other women up and as Hen said recognizing our privilege and where we have the freedom to speak out about certain things, using our voice to speak out for those who can't. Um, I think that's really important as well. Yeah, I would agree with everything that's been said there. Um, I think there's a piece of work that really needs to be done around, and I, I've mentioned sort of this a couple of times about young women, those who are transitioning to that secondary school period, that year eight, nine, ten. 10. Um, I feel like that's when women undergo this this quite drastic change in their behaviours, they're sort of discovering who they are, but it's the that time where you're most heavily influenced by people around you and what people say to you. Um, and that combined with the, your teenager years with hormones just everywhere anyway, um, I think it's a really crucial time and you either go in one direction or the other. And I think it's the period of time where girls feel least confident in their lives. Um, no matter sort of what race, ethnicity, background you come, it's such a crucial period. So that piece of work, not only around building those girls up, having that self-confidence, maintaining the stuff that they either love to do when they were in primary school or changing those goals, values and, and aspirations, but also around that community 
of your of your peers that you're with, whether you're you're men or women, and then going forward into your young careers as an as a young adult into university into your first job role, I think sometimes within some companies there's that different treatment and expectations in the way people speak to you, the way the sort of conversations that are had, and it's not necessarily a conscious decision that is made but people do change the way in, in which they speak to you or, or direct questions sometimes. Um, and it can come across as, oh, why, you know, why did you say that to, to him and, and not to me? Um, and I don't necessarily think it's always a sexist thing. It's because you're a woman, but you naturally do change the way that you speak to people sometimes. Um, and it's not always a bad thing. I think sometimes people just feel like they need to be more polite to some people more than others. However, sometimes it does have an impact into that professional relationships that you build with people and therefore the skills that you progress going forward. Um, but yeah, I'm, I would be really interested to see, well, I would really love to see some work with with young girls in in that sort of secondary school period. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with everyone. I think, Alyssa, what you mentioned around women in the workplace is a really, really interesting point. I think something that I've really become aware of and noticed over the last few years is particularly around qualifying what you say. So for example, if you wanted to raise a point in a meeting, you might say, oh, I'm really sorry. I kind of just, I just had this thought that I might want to raise. And I don't know if it's going to be taken seriously, but don't, I mean, just ignore me if it's not an important point. And we sort of really qualify our own ideas to kind of just like diminish them. And you'll often find that men don't do the same thing. They're very much like, no, this is my idea. It's going to be fantastic. We're going to do it. Let's do it. And it's very difficult to try and get out of those habits of sort of apologizing for what you're saying and really using your voice in a way that doesn't speak down on yourself and I think obviously that's quite a difficult thing to do because of the way we've been raised and the way society has taught us to speak about things but I think there is an aspect of like internalized misogyny that's quite difficult to deal with in these situations and women supporting women is a really interesting point because you'll often find in situations that it's actually women that are kind of being the barriers to other women trying to get opportunities and progress I think particularly in the work environment it's quite a lot of examples of that and it's about how do you deal with that own internalized view as other women and how you judge them and how you sort of have those conversations about, oh, they don't have children, but I do. And like that different aspect of your identity as a woman and trying to like bring other people with you, essentially. And I think as well, if you're going to be that inspiring, pioneering woman in an industry that no woman has ever been in before, reach a level that not many women are in at an organization, you need to think a lot about who you're bringing on that journey with you and sort of opening those doors behind you so that it's not just it's me myself I'm up here I'm on this pedestal and I don't want anyone else around me it's about bringing other women with you in that journey. I think what you've just said there as well okay I always I've noticed I find myself at the end of saying a point I go oh I don't know if that makes sense and I've noticed myself doing it and trying to stop is so so hard it's just like a natural instinct to say it and I don't know why I do it um and also what Alessia was saying about secondary school and that particular age it's also the conversations around sexual education at that age are so geared towards male male pleasure male understanding and there's just there's no discussion around anything to do with women in that conversation and it's a such a crucial age for everyone but particularly for women who are 
going through that year eight, year nine, it's always a tricky age, but making sure those conversations are open to everyone. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think the point around women almost putting themselves down after they make a point or, or even have an achievement, there's this, it, it's so wrong that we do it, but I feel like it's it really becomes embedded in those ages that I was talking about and and as a man there's those pressures about having to be like that macho man that's that you know really sort of strong out there confident whereas with women there's that pressure to almost be like if someone pays you a compliment it people find it very hard to be oh thank you that's a really lovely thing to say or yeah like I feel even when I'm saying yeah I feel like pretty today or I feel like I've done really well in this generally I feel like women struggle to celebrate their achievements and and take credit for what they've done um because uh, I mean not now at the age we're in but when you're at that younger age if you're displaying that sort of confidence I feel like other actually other girls in particular be like oh you know she's so stuck up oh you know she loves herself too much and I think there's a very clear difference between that so there's clearly issues and stereotypes with the two genders there and and that impact that it can have then in your later life and the way in which you carry yourself. Could you tell us a bit about the Women's Collective, what you guys get up to and how students can get involved? Yes, so the Women's Collective supports the activities and interests of women students on campus. The aim of the collective is to provide a safe space for women to come together and discuss any concerns or topics they may have. This could be a change needed in the university or a campaign that they would like us to jump on board and assist with. The collective is open to all students. Honestly, the more the merrier. Join in. It's great fun when we do things. <laughs> um, we offer two different types of memberships. Um, if you identify as a woman, then you are able to attain the Women Collective member membership. But if you don't identify as a woman and still wish to support us, then you will join as a supporter. So that is the Women's Collective Supporter Membership. It would be great to see a rise in members as collectively a huge impact can be made. Um, there is still a lot of change and development to go ahead as I've mentioned. So it will be great if we can all come together and contribute to that. Thank you so much to all of our guests today for sharing their experiences and thoughts around Women's History Month and gender equality. If you're interested in being a member or supporter of the Women's Collective, please do check it out on the website and get involved. That is all for today. Thank you so much for listening. This is the end of our first podcast series and I do hope that you have enjoyed them. Stay safe and well and hopefully we'll see you on campus as soon as it's possible. Bye.